So how are you doing, Ashley? I'm wondering if I know you or whether we've crossed paths. I don't think so. We kind of run in the same circles, but just in a different like, decade. <laughs> like I noticed we have a couple of mutual friends, but yeah. I was saying to patients, I am Fernie Scum, so I went to Fernie Grove High. Uh, <laughs> how old are you? 32. Generation below me church-wise, I guess. Yeah. What ward did you go to? Anogra. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, same ward. But I had lived in Cairns until I was 13 and then moved to Brisbane and then went okay. to Anogra. That's how uh, I know Sister Rhonda. So I was probably nearly finished at Anogra by the time you moved in. That's kind of what I thought was the timeline. <laughs> yeah, okay. What I've pieced together. Ten years in Mormon time is like a whole different generation. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Do you discuss Mormon time in generations because Mormons have so many children? Well, me and my youngest sister are 16 years apart. Whoa. <laughs> How many siblings? I'm one of six. Holy <gasps> fuck. <laughs> okay. What was that like growing up? Um, Chaotic. Yeah. Loud. Oh. And I always wanted to be an only child. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I struggled. It was bedlam. Yeah. Do you feel like you were an introvert but growing up amongst extroverts? Yeah, I always thought I was really introverted until my husband would come for family dinners at my parents' house and the rule is you've got to yell the loudest to be heard. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're all really loud speakers but we all think we're introverted. I don't know. I'm sure you could sit us down with a therapist to hash it out but we're all so loud, especially the girls. Well, that's good. So your yeah. parents did something right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Chatting with Rhonda earlier. Oh, yeah, we're recording with someone tonight. I think you showed around Hamburg once. I didn't know how well you knew each other. You mean my best friend Rhonda? Yeah. <laughs> showed me around. <laughs> Talk me to the naughty spots. <laughs> oh, tell me about these naughty spots you went to around Hamburg. Well, for her hens, we went to the strip club. Oh, nice. A male strip club. Oh, of course. And then after a few drinks, we went to this place where, you know, the movie From Dawn Till Dusk. Oh. It's exactly the same set out and everything. And every once in a while, a lady will get up on the table and start dancing. All good fun. Is that the movie where out at the front, they've got all the different kinds of pussy that they offer? Dirty pussy, wet pussy, hairy pussy. It's been a really long time since I've seen it. I'll have to go and watch it tonight and I'll let you know. <laughs> you had me at pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, and Rodriguez. I love Tarantino and Rodriguez stuff. I would love to see the Tarantino Rodriguez version of Nephi. That would be awesome. I am the yeah. biggest Tarantino <laughs> fan, so I would yeah. lose my awesome. shit for that. So. I will send the suggestion through to him. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're good friends. He'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> With Samuel L. Jackson as Nephi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it came to pass, motherfuckers. I've had it. With these motherfucking Lamanites fucking up my motherfucking um, thing. <laughs> I'm not with it tonight. Ah, that's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Thank you for gracing us with that. That's beautiful. Thank you, everybody. I'm done. <laughs> 
Paul, do you feel well enough to do our intro? Oh, yeah, I can do the intro. You actually sound pretty good. I don't sound as bad now as I did early this morning, so that's good. You definitely look under the weather. Oh, yeah. Normally, your attractive list level goes up by at least another one and a half points. Not quite as good as 21-year-old Paul, as we've discussed, but you're getting there. And look, if you stay sick long enough, you might actually just lose all those pounds. (laughs) I've lost like four kilos in the last couple of weeks, and that was before I got sick. Nice. I was actually thinking on that video you sent yesterday about how you were sick or maybe it was earlier. This morning, yeah. This morning. Sorry. I sleep during the day, so. Uh. It's like, has he lost more weight? It just must be the angle. But yeah, I noticed. Only about 20 to go. You'll turn me bisexual by the end. Uh, Isn't everyone anyway? That's all I can ask. It's a spectrum. It's just a word. If I can't (laughs) turn women completely straight, Bisexual is <laughs> Well, hello, brothers and sisters around the globe. And yes, this is the Book of Boredom podcast with me, the slightly under the weather brother Paul. We will soldier on. We always do. And with me, as always, the healthy and vibrant and incredibly amazing whore of Babylon herself, Sister Patience. Hi, brother Paul. Hey, Sister Patience. <laughs> And apologies in advance, everybody at home. I've had some sort of weird... It's COVID, isn't it? No, it's Delta. What do they call it now? It's not COVID. Now, you've had your jab. Yeah, I can assure everyone I've vaccinated, I've worn a mask, I've socially distanced, everything like that. Now, what it is, is I have a really bad dust allergy. Oh. And I've been moving house. And so as I've moved the furniture and packed up, I've just been inhaling a shitload of dust. And that's kind of clogged up the sinuses and the throat. Oh, dear. But this will be my last show from this house this evening. Next week, I'll be in my new house. Yay. Exciting. Yay. But if I don't say as much as usual tonight, everyone will be happy. Oh, that's not true, Paul. Haven't you noticed that most of the content of every episode is you talking? Yeah, yeah. I know I have because I edit it. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why we still only have seven Patreons. (laughs) Hi, Patreons! We've got one in the room with us now. Yay! Yes, bearing with our bad audio and bad voices, we have Sister <laughs> Ashley. Hey, hey guys. Sister Ashley. Now, you are one of our Patreons. Thank you. I am. Yeah. You had me at paying tithing and I'm like, oh, well, that's not as much as tithing, so I'm in. Exactly. $5 a <laughs> month is so much more affordable than 10% yeah. of your overall income. Yeah, and it's that's not it. even $5. It yeah. wasn't. Like it was three. Three Australian. <laughs> three. Three Australian. <laughs> Everyone, join Patreon, $3 only. <laughs> How did you hear about our wonderful podcast, Ashley? Sister Rhonda is my best friend since we were Ooh. nine years old and she told me about it and I've been hooked ever since. Oh, what's been your favourite part so far? Her Getting drunk on beetroot juice, definitely a highlight for me. I was saying to Sister Patience when she had to edit an extra chapter into the reading because you had stuffed up the chapter you were reading, um, yeah, that definitely made me I giggle. Yeah, in that extra verse yes. that you skipped out. Because yes. I'm like, where are we up to? And you were like, verse 20 or whatever it was, and it was really only 19. You skip ahead quite quickly in your mind. That's okay. You're in the future, Paul, and I appreciate that about you. You're I'm always, always thinking looking of the forward. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Never back with the future. Yeah. I'm like Lehigh. I'm prophesying hundreds of years in advance. And at the risk of repeating yourself, don't want to do that. So you've just got to read something fresh. Mm. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, there's really no risk of repeating yourself because I just chop it out. Excellent. 
As we found in the last couple of weeks, though, the Book of Mormon is just a constant repeating itself. Oh, my God. I didn't actually count it up, but did you hear how many times Lehi said fruit of the loins in the last episode? I lost count. Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. (laughs) Tonight's chapter is more of Lehi on his deathbed. Yeah. So I'm guessing we're going to get more fruits of loins tonight. I think there is, yeah. Yeah. Just Raising over it, I can already see them popping up. And seed. There's going to be yes, lots more seeds. Seed. Yes. <laughs> Hoorah! I'm excited. So anyway, Sister Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Did you grow up in the church? I didn't grow up in the church till my mum met my stepdad when I was nine years old and he was a Mormon and he introduced my mum to the church and then she joined the church, then I was baptised and then we were sealed a year later in the Sydney Temple. Three more sisters after that and then left the church when I was 19. Were they already born? No, no. So me, my sister and my brother, we were all sealed to my stepdad and my mum. And then my next sister was born in 2000. Ah. Right. So are you the only one in your family that's gotten out? No. So (laughs) under me is my sister, Caitlin, and she's 30 this year. She's out of the church. She's married with kids, but her husband isn't a member. Yay! Then there's my brother. So my brother served a mission in Albania. Albania! Wow! Yeah. That's an interesting one. It was one of those moments where we were all like, where is Albania? (laughs) We had to like look it up. None of us knew where it was. That was fun. He's married and still in the church. Then my 21-year-old sister, she's left the church. Then my 19-year-old sister has left the church. And then I've got a 16-year-old sister who isn't really going to church. Not being the only one helps. Yeah, (laughs) And my sisters and I are very close. Excellent. Oh, that's good. So your parents got out as well? No, my parents are still in the church. Ah, okay. But not as much pressure as it used to be. Are they still praying for your soul? <laughs> I'm sure my dad is. I call my stepdad my dad because he raised me. That's cool. I'm sure he still prays for us. Mm. But he either accepts that we're not in the church or we don't come around for family meals. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a small price to pay. Was he a convert or did he grow up in the church and then went looking for a non-convert wife? Yeah. Well, Which is a bit unusual, isn't it? Not really, actually. No, it's not. There's a lot of cases of men in particular converting non-member women in order to marry them. Yeah. <sighs> Fresh meat, like yeah. dilute the pool a bit. Yeah. <laughs> not enough hot women amongst the memberships, so we need to bring in some imports. <laughs> yeah. Or convert them on your mission. Yeah, that was another one. <laughs> is that what your brother did? No, no. You weren't allowed to baptise over in Albania. Oh, really? What did they do? Because it's a Muslim country. Oh. oh. They weren't allowed to. Oh. Oh, uh, is that one there where, like, the missionaries are, like, the branch presidents and the priesthood leaders? Yeah, and you don't actually go and prophesy to anyone. You just go and do things for the community and stuff. Ah. If you get caught trying to convert anybody, you can go to jail. That's right. Yeah, I've heard of those sorts of things. I didn't realise Albania was like that, though. I didn't think that either, but that's apparently a thing. Wow. 
Were you scared for him while he was over there? Well, he ended up getting really sick when he was over there and he had to go to hospital and that was probably the only time I was scared for him. But I was a really bad sister and I wasn't riding him on his mission. Oh, well done. That's cool. Okay. (laughs) So uh, at what age then did you get out of the church? How long have you been out for? I tried to get out, but then my mum said, under my house, my rules. So So when I left school, so 17, 18, and I stopped Uh, going. You joined when you were around nine when your mum and your dad got married. Did you ever actually really believe it? Were you naughty and sinful? That is such a good question. I was definitely a Molly Mormon when I was in Cairns, but I also never went to school with any Mormons. It was like having two separate lives where you get to be the church one and you get to be the normal one. Normal. (laughs) Normal. Now, this sounds like a Disney show, doesn't it? Yeah. Today we have Miley Cyrus on the show. Yes, that's a little bit what it was like. But I did all the temple trips and did all that stuff and then Young Woman's was definitely the turning point. Mm. Where you walked away? Yeah, like I didn't want to have kids and I didn't want to be a wife. I didn't want gender-specific roles placed on me. So you're a woman then? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was more to my life than being a mother. A lot of women who leave the church seem to say the same thing. You are not just a baby-making machine. That's it, yeah. You're not just a clown car. Yes. As we discussed in last week's episode. (laughs) Well, Ashley, thank you for being a Patreon and thank you for coming on the show this evening. No worries. Now, did you ever actually read the Book of Mormon? Did you go to seminary and that sort of stuff? I did all four years. Ooh. So my first year was Doctor and Covenants. So that was the only year I didn't do 25 scriptures, but every other year I did 25 scriptures and 100% scripture reading. Ooh. I was a good girl. (laughs) I forgot about that. Remember, Patience, we've spoken before about the scripture mastery. Yeah. Right. So it was 25 scriptures every year that you had to completely memorize. Oh, per year. I forgot the 25 numbers. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize it was per year. Yeah. Because every year you'd study a different book of scripture. So we had like Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, Pearl of Great Price, like over the four years of seminary. Ah. And you'd have to memorize 25 scriptures from each year. Is seminary always a four-year commitment? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what age does it usually start? Grade nine in Australia, 14, 15 years old. So I was just laughing at the coffee cup, that's all. You finally got to yeah. see the coffee yeah, cup. Yeah, I finally yeah. seen it in person. Yeah. The jug. <laughs> I actually played a trick on Paul today. Oh, did you? Yeah. That's bigger than my normal jug. I was hoping for a different reaction. This is my normal jug. It's just a pirate. Leave me alone. I'm sick. <laughs> Love it. I know it looks like urine, but it's actually lemon water. Lemon water. What are you drinking there, Ashley? I was having an espresso martini, but I've already Ooh. finished it. Oh. Um, now I'm just on the water. Okay. Thanks to our technical difficulties. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently human viruses can be passed on to computers, okay? Oh, 
Could be the other way around. Yeah, my computer is like, Paul, you're feeling sick. I'm going to feel sick too. It's very sympathetic. Thank you, little HP. (laughs) So you have the interesting distinction of going from a childhood, no church at all. Did you have any religious education at all through zero to nine? From preschool to grade seven. So there was a crossover between that time and me joining the church. I went to a Lutheran school. So I wasn't completely not versed in the Bible. When we joined the church, I remember one time I was in grade seven and we were doing religious ed at school and there was a comment about polygamy. (laughs) We were watching a video and the teacher paused the video, looked at me and said, that's what the Mormons do and like kept playing the video. And then I went home to my mum and I'm like, my teacher made a comment about polygamy. Do Mormons actually practice that? Because I don't know if I know anyone who has two wives. And she's like, oh, Oh my gosh, that's not a thing. Ah. But oh my gosh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) She had to sit me down and talk to me about it. Oh, it was, we don't practice that anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Totally a thing. Yeah, it's totally a thing. So it is totally a thing. But, (laughs) and people do practice it now. So what do you remember of the Book of Mormon? Did you read it? Did you have anything in it that you liked? I was more of an Old Testament girl, like give me some fire and brimstone. You're like old Smitey God. Oh, yeah, old Smitey God. That is my jam. You're going to love our next Patreon episode then. Oh, excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give me some fire and brimstone. We talk to God in our next episode and uh, he's definitely still got the smiley side about him. (laughs) Excellent. I'll check it out. So psychotic, that God. But the Book of Mormon, what do you remember about it? Was there anything that you liked or anything that stood out? It's been so long. Good. Who were the ones that laid down their (laughs) weapons and they wouldn't fight anymore and then because they had refused to go to war, they sent their sons to go? to war? Oh, Captain Moroni and the Sons of Helaman. That's the one, the Sons of Helaman. Yeah. Oh my God. That sounds like a cartoon, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) You'll get there eventually. Yeah, we're still another few books away from that one. Yeah, at that time the Nephites said they weren't going to fight, but yeah. There was a group of kids that didn't take the vow to not fight, so they're like, we'll fight for you. Oh, God, that's so fucked up. So there's child soldiers <laughs> in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, it doesn't say how old they are, but yes. And then Captain Moroni. Oh, yes. Looking forward to getting to that one. That was always a good story. Is he like Captain Planet with green hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah. You said you went to a Lutheran school. Now, mm. I know because I went to a Lutheran school for a bit. I tried to get into an all-girls school, but they didn't let me in. I bet you did. <laughs> Sorry, we can't allow it. (laughs) How did that adoption of that uh, 18-year-old Korean girl go from last week? Still in process, but, you know, COVID's kind of prevented uh, things happening. They probably don't want to get too close, right? Yeah. Dare I ask? (laughs) Sorry, last episode we were talking about adoption. I said I tried to adopt an 18-year-old Korean girl. Yeah, but I noticed that was all you said, so (laughs) 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 Yeah, there was no further explanation. (laughs) I listened to it this morning. Morning, so I'm like, well, uh, well, yeah. just in case immigration is listening, yeah. no, there's nothing more to that story. It's just a joke. Yeah. Notice everyone in my jokes is still over 18. <laughs> just want to point that out. That's right. So Lutheran schools have a lot of non-Christians or nominal Christians in there. 
So they're not real. Bible bashing. That's right. So was it just the school that was the religious upbringing that you had? Were your parents in any churches growing up? So we would kind of go to Sunday sessions at the school sometimes, like it was very sporadic. Oh. But my grandmother went through a lot of churches. I can't even remember which ones they were. I just remember being little and going to church with her and being traumatised. So... <laughs> She used to go to like Jewish ones as well. Like, I just remember going to Passover a couple of times. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> was this Christians pretending that they were Jewish? Because Christians do that a lot. Yes. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember the food. <laughs> and then like reading Joseph and then being like, oh, that's Passover. So you start seminary in like grade nine. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing somewhere during that time you realised it was horseshit or was it before that? Probably around grade 10. Getting a bit more hormonal as well and a bit more, none of this is making sense. What do you mean I have to cover up my shoulders and my knees? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, don't show those shoulders. Yeah, don't show shoulders, don't show knees. Oh. Not too tight. So, Because yeah. <laughs> it's our fault. Like it's the woman's fault if something uh, happens to her. Absolutely. All bets are off once we see the shoulders. <laughs> I just started to be like, but what if I want to work and what if I want to have a job and what if I don't want to have kids? No, 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 no. Birth (laughs) my children. Yeah. You were saying earlier you didn't want to conform to the getting married and having kids thing that Mormons insist on. You got married though. I did. I moved in with my husband when I was 19, but we were living together in sin. Ooh. Nice. That drove mum crazy. I just told her I slept in the other room. Yeah, you were just housemates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that old chestnut. And were you hanging out with Rhonda a lot during that time? In Cairns, we used to go to church together and then I moved to Brisbane when I was 13. So she would come to Brisbane every once in a while because we had the temple as well. So she was doing temple trips and youth conferences. Right. I would see her then. We both kind of left the church, but we both stayed in contact. Like we have tattoos together and everything. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Matching tattoos? You Matching tattoos. Oh, yeah. what do you do? Wow, that's so awesome. It's definitely white girl basic because uh, we got really, really drunk one night and we we're like, hey, let's get tattoos. So it wasn't like property of Rhonda above your lady parts or anything <laughs> yeah. like that? No, no. Rhonda's amazing when she gets drunk, yeah. so I'm not surprised <laughs> that something interesting happened. So she came and stayed with me and... My husband, who we weren't married at the time, he works nights, so he went to work. He came home. The two of us were drunk, passed out in my bed. He had to sleep in the spare room and we had, like, <laughs> bottles of wine all throughout the house and he was like, this is insane. Like, I think that was the first time he ever uh, met her too. So. Uh, that's such a cool story. That's a memorable yeah. first meeting. <laughs> first time I met you, you were passing out drunk in the bed with my wife. <laughs> Sounds about right, yeah. That's awesome. yeah. <laughs> So Rhonda has slept with a woman before. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) I know she wishes she was a lesbian. (laughs) She likes the D too much. Yeah, she really does. As we discovered when we spoke to her on this podcast. (laughs) I know, I was cracking up when she was talking about it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I hope your mother hears this. The D is what led her out of the church. Mm, Yep. When I was chatting with Rhonda just before, she said that your getting out story was similar to hers. Oh, did you get out of the church because you like the D too? 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, all the young men were doing naughty things and I'm like, well, were. why do the young women have to be so upstanding citizens and why can't they be forgiven if they mess up? Because your virtue is your problem <laughs> and the young men's virtue is your problem. <laughs> you know how this works. I do. I did. Yeah. I didn't know how it works. It's really interesting to look at religions that are very controlling of sex from an evolutionary psychology perspective. Yeah. Because women have a lot of power in the fact that they grant life. So men want to control that so that their genes can be passed on. None of this is conscious, right? But it's just yeah. the way we've evolved to have these priorities and we don't even know why. Anyway, I'm not explaining any of it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Should we get into reading this book then? That's what we're all here for. Absolutely. Send it. For everyone at home, we're up to 2 Nephi, Chapter 4. We've just sat through Lehi's extremely long deathbed speech. I mean, the guy just won't fucking die. Do you remember reading any of this? Because I read this so many times and I'm like, I don't remember this shit. I have read it front to back twice in my lifetime, Ah. not including like the little snippy bits that you read from it. Yeah. But reading it, I was like, what the hell was I thinking? Mm. None of this makes sense. It's just a contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Well, Sophia, I read it at least once during seminary. I read it a couple of times as a missionary and maybe one or two other times growing up. Yeah, I'm I'm reading this now and I'm like, I don't even remember these parts. I bet you skipped verses and didn't even realise it. I think that's what you do. You just read it really quickly. Just to say that you did, but you don't pay attention? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... That's what it was. This was around the same time that Harry Potter was coming out, so I would have just like flash oh, I read this. Compete with Harry Potter. And then go back to Harry Potter where I would actually focus on when I was reading. So yeah. <laughs> Was this like the homework you had to do before you could do the fun stuff? That's yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. We'd read these sections before we get to the interesting stuff. Yeah, that's it. But I can't even remember what the interesting stuff was anymore. <laughs> You mentioned Captain Moroni. That was a kind of interesting section, but the way we're going, we're probably about six months off from getting to that yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. I'm not in a hurry to get to Captain Planet. <laughs> so when you read it cover to cover, was this before grade 10 when you sort of realised it was crap? First time I read it was when I was 12 years old. When we lived in Cairns, we didn't have the Brisbane Temple, so we were going to Sydney to go to the temple for a temple trip. Wow. Somebody talked about it before. We, like, had a bus and we had to, like, fundraise for the bus. Did you bus all the way down from Cairns? Yeah, Cairns to oh, Sydney. Fuck. Yeah. We did it from Brisbane. That was like only an overnighter thing, like Cairns. That's crazy. 24 hours, I think it is, each way. Jesus. That was fun. Yeah. But, yeah, so one of the things was to prove our spiritual strength. We had to read the Book of Mormon before the temple trip, and that was going to prove how spiritual we were <sighs> and our sacrifice. And Actually, I remember that happening once when we went down. The bishop, like, challenged the ward to read the Book of Mormon. Oh, so it's unoriginal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like a couple of months before we were due to go on the temple trip, the bishop was like, okay, I don't care where you are in the book now. Go back to the start. Let's all read this together. Yep. Yeah. That's what they did for us. <laughs> so you went to the Sydney temple probably when you were age nine and your parents got married, right? 2000. So I would have been 10. I was on my mission then. I was in Japan. Lovely. <laughs> Not age 10. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was age 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so because there had to be a year between joining the church and going to the temple. Oh, really? Yeah. You have to be in the church for a year, paying tithing and doing all the other good things before you can go through the temple. Yeah. What a rot. They had to time the wedding. So my mum was in the church a year and I was baptised a month after my mum. Because you have to be a member for a year before you go through the temple. Did they not have sex till their wedding night? Stop it. I don't want to talk about it. This is my parents. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> They were totally I don't want to talk about it. There is no way. They definitely didn't live together. Ashley, I know this is hard for you to understand, but your parents had sex. Stop it. <laughs> no, they didn't. Never. My, my sisters were immaculate conception. Uh, I remember having this conversation with my stepson when he was younger and I gave him the birds and the bees talk. I was telling him how it all happened. He looked at me all horrified and said, wait, you did what to my mum? <laughs> Like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> my sister, her birthday is November and they were married in January. So it was very close to call. Oh, yeah, they did it before they were married. I don't know what's time blah, 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 blah. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did it before they were married. <laughs> they definitely weren't living together, so. Yeah, but they still did it. <laughs> Maybe, potentially, but I don't want to yeah, know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know the stats on how many Mormon couples do actually hook up before marriage. A lot more than they lead you to believe. Especially when they've got weird rules about, oh, you've got to delay the wedding because yeah. if you want to get married in the temple, then it's got to be a year. I mean, yeah. if they're trying to keep people pure and together, why would you do that? That's a silly rule. There is a very famous seminary video that I'm sure Ashley probably saw, which was all about virtue and being sexually pure and chaste and everything. So the video is this couple is due to get married and the woman is having an interview with the bishop and she confesses that years ago she crossed a few lines with another man and because of that she has to delay the wedding which means of course all of her friends and family need to know and she has to go through the repentance process and get her future husband's forgiveness of course it was a woman who sexually transgressed in this video it wasn't a guy i'm having flashbacks of now <laughs> yeah, yeah do you remember the one i'm talking about like i wouldn't remember the name but if i saw a screen grab of it i would be able to be like that's the one actually i remember the song from it oh god <laughs> Godly sorrow <laughs> for the scene that leads me back home to him. Oh, you're right. But, yes, it was the woman who had to repent. Oh, my God. No wonder I'm so traumatised. And then at the end it's like her future husband, she's talking to him and, you know, it comes down to whether or not he's willing to forgive her. Meanwhile, the future husband was at home jacking off. You just know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it couldn't be the man that does the sexual sin. It has to be the girl that does the sexual sin. Oh, that's so ridiculous. And yeah. once again, men controlling the baby factory. That's right. They don't even realise it. It's just the way humans are wired up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you think the temple was weird at age 10? Yeah, it was a little weird because we were kind of kept downstairs with one of the ladies who worked there. So we all had to wear the white dresses and everything. Then they, like, walked us upstairs and we had to kneel on the bench thing. You would have been a kid seeing your parents in, like, the temple robes and shit. No, because I don't think it's the robes that you do. 
do other things in. It was just like a white dress because they got married first and then we were sealed to them after the fact, I think is how it works. Ah, okay. Literally until the other day I had never seen, oh, I had heard about this one, mm. but I had never <laughs> seen the, like, the hat. So you were talking about the Mormon handshakes. Yeah, that weird little pinchy thing. I thought you were going to do that removing your thumb trick. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's like a pinch in the hand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's the patriarchal grip thing, whatever it is. Yeah. And then there's the one where you interlock your pinkies. Oh god. And the sure sign nail one, whatever. I don't know. Masonic adventures. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Years ago, I actually wrote a song called Masonic Adventure for this YouTube video I made. You need to bring that back for this podcast. While I was in Japan, <laughs> I did this silly episode about Masonism, how it's not as evil as everyone makes out. I do a bit of amateur theatre. Years ago, we did a play for the local Masonic Lodge thing, okay? And this was after I was out of the church. So after the performance, they came down and mingle with the cast and crew, and I gave a couple of them the Mormon handshakes. And they were like, how do you know that? <laughs> Because they were Masonic <laughs> handshakes and they were, like, blown away that I knew these handshakes. Are you serious? So, yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah, amazing. Like, I, I thought I'd test them out and do, like, the Masonic handshake thing and they were like, are you one of us? How do you know the handshake? I used to be a Mormon. That's how I know the handshake. I used to be a Mormon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. Masonic adventure. Masonic adventure. So they didn't actually get you to do anything too weird in the temple, I guess, when you were a kid. Not really. Did you go through as an adult or did you just do like the baptisms and stuff? Like did you do endowments when you were older? So I walked through when the Brisbane temple was opening. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone did. <laughs> I took patience through. Yeah. Tried to convert her. It didn't go down well. I still oh. love you, Paul. Yeah. Look at you now. <laughs> Look at us now. Look how far we've come. <laughs> but no, just baptisms for the dead. Okay. Yeah, I left when I was 17 turning 18, so I didn't okay, do yeah. all that. So you did some baptisms for the dead, did you? I did baptisms for the dead in both the Sydney and the Brisbane Temple. Uh, I was under the impression that just doing that was kind of weird as well. It is weird. Oh, yeah. You have to wear these really ugly white jumpsuit things. Early on when we went to the temple, the young men and the young women all got baptised for the dead together and, like, all sat in the room together. But at some point the church decided that the young males seeing the young females in these sexy jumpsuits is going to give them impure thoughts. So they decided to start doing the baptism segregated. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure the young men were always there with us when we did the temple trip. Did you notice the young men there, did you? Yeah, they had this thing where the young men went first... Of course. And then we sat and waited and then the young women went. So the young women couldn't see the young men get baptised, but the young men could see the young women. You guys did the baptisms first, then you got changed, then the young women went, then you guys went and did the confirmations, then the young women's go do the confirmations and, like, tag team it. Tag teaming in a sexy jumpsuit. Because seeing each other in these sexy jumpsuits while wet. They were atrocious. Yeah. 
like just imagine a prison jumpsuit in white. Do you promise? Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, seeing a young woman in a wet white outfit when you're a teenage Mormon boy is the closest thing you get to porn. Good point because it wouldn't go see-through but it would hug your body. You know when you're in wet clothes and you do the whole stretched out thing like... Yes, they would stick to you and you'd like yeah, have to yeah, pull them off. Yeah, so yeah. the young men would be there as the women were like pulling it off their chest like when you're a good chased Mormon boy and you see that action. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's have a look at this book, shall we? All right. While I still have a voice to read along, three <laughs> verses each. Your voice is really dying, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's getting worse. So let's get this done. Second Nephi, chapter four. And now I, Nephi, speak concerning the prophecies of which my father has spoken concerning Joseph, who was carried into Egypt. For behold, he truly prophesied concerning all of his seed. There's the first mention of seed. And the prophecies which he wrote, there are not many greater. And he prophesied concerning us and our future generations, and they are written upon the plates of brass. There are not many greater. Uh. <laughs> Just so silly. In the Bible, though, does Joseph with the dream coat make prophecies in the Bible? I can't remember. Yeah, he does. Okay. I did Joseph in the Technicolor dream coat at school. So did I. And I played Potiphar's wife. Oh, I was one of his brothers. Which one? I can't remember, but I said something about killing him with a goat. Uh, with a goat? <laughs> Because remember, his brothers lie and say that a goat killed him. Oh, that's right. Yes, I do remember that. That was my only line saying that he wrestled with a goat to save his brothers. Wherefore, after my father had made an end of speaking concerning the prophecies of Joseph, he called the children of Laman his sons and his daughters and said unto them, Behold, my sons and my daughters, who are the sons of the daughters of my firstborn, I would that ye should give ear unto my words. This guy just will not fucking die. His sons and his daughters, and said unto them, Behold, my sons and my daughters, who are the sons and the daughters, that's so silly. That's not yeah. English. That's pigeon English. Mm. That's Smitty English. <laughs> yeah. so, so he spoke to his youngest son's first, and now he's back onto his first son, who's like the bad son anyway. Yeah, you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so who's going next? Uh, you go, Patience, verse 4. All righty. For the Lord God hath said that inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. Oh, he said this like 50 fucking million times and it says it in the Old Testament too. But he hasn't said it to these kids yet. Because uh, it's the sons and daughters of the sons and daughters. Yes. Oh, is it? Oh, that's right. Yeah. As soon as he started saying sons and daughters, I just tuned out, hey. It's like, what is this? <laughs> At least he's mentioning women in this one. He's acknowledging that women exist. Oh, There's yeah. There's daughters involved. His grandchildren. <sighs> and inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall be cut off from my presence. All right. He likes the cutting off. Oh. But behold, my sons and my daughters, I cannot go down to my grave save I should leave a blessing upon you. No, just die already, Lehi. Just fucking die. <laughs> yeah. We've heard enough. Yeah. Don't tell us what you're going to do and why you're going to do it. Just uh, fucking do it. You've been on your deathbed talking to us for fucking hours. Just die. <laughs> 
For behold, I know that if ye are brought up in the way ye should go, he will not depart from it. That's almost just completely ripped from the Old Testament. Yes. Verse 6. Wherefore, if ye are cursed, why would you be cursed? I don't know. Read on. Find out. Behold, I leave my blessing upon you, that the cursing may be taken from you and be answered upon the heads of your parents. What does that mean? Um, Sins of the father should not be on the children. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, but that kind of goes against other... It's the other way around. It's saying <laughs> if you get cursed, it'll go onto your parents. <laughs> yeah, it's basically saying if you guys fuck up, it'll be your parents' fault. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's really weird. It raised another question for me too when he said cut that I hadn't thought of before, but a lot of Christians circumcise their boys. Ow. Do Mormons do that? No, it's not part of Mormon doctrine actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had heard that. I mean, there's a few that still do anyway, but yeah, it's not an official doctrine. So they're cool either way, but mostly not. Yep, yep. The, the, you can have your penis intact. Those poor Mormon women, because it just is ugly without it being cut off. I'm sorry, whatever. That's not a very popular opinion. I'm of that opinion. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm not the only one. No. Oh, I, my God. I, I, it's I, definitely I, a deal breaker. It was definitely a deal breaker. Thank you for oh, saying really? it's a yeah. deal breaker. Really? Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry. I know oh I have had many arguments on this topic as well, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's a deal breaker for me. You're like the first woman I think I've actually had this conversation and been affirmed with. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to get me started on this topic, so let's just uh, move on. I think you actually probably would have a very interesting opinion on it, Pop. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 I was circumcised at age 22 due to physical abuse by my first wife, and it was the most painful and excruciating thing I've ever had to go through. I do not recommend it. Oh, yeah. This sounds really painful. Yes. I couldn't walk for two weeks. It was kind of bad. <sighs> Did it get infected? No, thankfully. <sighs> That's good. It happened in Japan, and they're like anesthetics and painkillers over there aren't as strong as what we have over here. <sighs> so it was incredibly painful. But, yeah, sure, sure, if, if you women think it looks better without it, then fine. Let us go through excruciating pain for your sexual pleasure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a question for you, though, Paul. Mm. Knowing what you know, if you could have had the choice of being circumcised as a kid where you would have no memory of it and probably would have healed really quickly, would you have chosen to have had that? From the male perspective, I preferred to still have it. Okay. Wow. But it's been so long now, I guess, since it happened, I can't remember, but yeah. And let me guess, there's no performance hit, is there? No, no, from that no. side of things, Because yeah, people yeah. go on about that. It's like, oh, it's a performance hit. It doesn't feel as good. But I just don't buy that. The little bit of skin has nothing to do with the performance. That's like the, the overall package. Well, there you go. But, Brother yeah. Paul has said it. All you whiny men out there complaining about, oh, Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> As Ashley points out, I found that most women prefer it without, but I'm sure if they understood the pain involved in going without, they might change their view on that a little bit. Most of them get it done when they're babies, so they don't know. All my nephews were done as babies. Yeah, I don't know, but I guess I don't know if it's the same level of pain as a kid or not, but why do anything that causes your child pain? Here's a question for you then, because the other reason for getting circumcised, the theory goes, is that it prevents pain later on. So do you think that you still would have needed to get circumcised if you had been circumcised when you were eight days old? I don't know. Don't know. 
Now we're getting to a whole different sort of topic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying maybe it would have prevented whatever trauma came later. Let's just say a factor for me was the fact that Mormons tell you you can't self-pleasure when you're a teenager, which I, of course, I was very well behaved. I didn't do that. Really? Yeah. Not once? I can honestly say I never did. As much as I hate to admit it now, and I've had people question me on it, I was completely good. My husband never believed me either. He's like, you're so full of shit. And I'm like, no, I never did. Like, we weren't allowed to. But but having research later, it turns out self-pleasuring, especially during your teenage years, helps with that sort of issue. Yes, I guess because I was well-behaved and I didn't do that, I was putting myself at a disadvantage. Isn't that funny? Because I remember a conversation I had with you probably in grade 12 and the topic of masturbation came up for whatever reason. Oh, really? Yeah. I lied and said, I don't. And you said that you didn't. And I thought you were lying. I've had a couple of people question me about this recently. I'm like, (laughs) I'm out of the church now. I have no reason to lie about it. No, I know. If I had, I'd be like, yeah, I was so badass. I did that. So yeah, I honestly didn't. I believe you, Paul. Yeah. I know that it's unlikely, but I I believe you. And what I say to anybody listening, if you're a teenager, have at it, enjoy it, do it. It's your buddy. Go and beat it. Just beat it. (laughs) Just beat it. Just beat it. The point I wanted to make was, though, I think that you'd been indoctrinated that it was somehow damaging to your psyche to masturbate. I was damaging to everything, according to church. Because you said they've proven that it's a mental illness. That's what you said to me. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that's quite the case. Yeah, yeah. The church is very much like, yeah, if you self-pleasure, you're breaking the law of chastity, but it's also a sign of, yeah, mental weakness. Oh, my God. Yes, I remember that. It was like it was a mental illness and like implied that we would be hospitalized and tied to a bed and stuff. Yeah, it's like (laughs) self-rape. And if you do it too often, you will end up with mental problems and stuff. And it turns out the inverse is true. I was about to say, yeah. The truth is the opposite. It is very healthy for men. It is very good for your prostates. It is very good for mental health. Uh, For women, it's very good for your mental health. Have at it. Amen. (laughs) And because my voice is starting to sound a little bit like a sex hotline right now, everyone at home... uh, Oh, you're so sexy right now, Brother Paul. Feel free to use me as inspiration all you want. This is pure audio porn. I'll be playing this episode yeah. later. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll have and to have tell a- Sister Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have some fun while editing this one. Anyway, you're making me talk. God damn you. Somebody wants to talk. This is a great episode, Paul. This is so interesting. Recovery is such new ground from both of you. Sister Ashley, get back to reading this goddamn book, please. I'm going to have a break and a drink. Wherefore, because of the blessings of the Lord God will not suffer that ye shall perish, wherefore he will be merciful unto you and unto your seed forever. There's your seed again. There's the seed. (laughs) And it came to pass that after my father had made an end of speaking to the sons and daughters of Laman, oh, God, he caused the sons and daughters of Lamuel to be brought before him. Oh, he still hasn't finished. (laughs) (laughs) And he spake unto them, saying, Behold my sons and daughters, who are the sons and daughters of my second son. (sighs) Behold, I learn unto you the same blessings which I left unto the sons and daughters of Laman. Wherefore? 
law, thou shalt not utterly be destroyed, but in the end, thy seed shall be blessed. Oh, his seed is so blessed right now. He's finally running out of ideas, okay? After several chapters of dying, he's now like, okay, uh, you guys can have the same thing as those guys. Just put him in the tent together and get it over with. Yeah, yeah, why not just tell them all as a group? Maybe the tent wasn't that big. Maybe. <laughs> I don't understand how he's still alive. Before they left the Middle East, there wasn't that many of them and he was really fucking old then and now they're in the new world. How many years has he been in the new world? I mean, he's got all of these grandkids now. He must have been there like 20, 30 years maybe. Do you want me to tell you the cheat? Oh, please. See this little reference down here? Oh, yeah, it's got the approximate dates down the bottom, doesn't it? It won't be in your sister patients, yeah. but Brother Paul, if you have a look in your proper one, it should be in there. Oh. So it reckons between 588 and 570 BC. Just an eight-year window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then if we scroll all the way back... To the uh, start. It feels like muscle memory now. Yeah. I haven't touched my scriptures <laughs> in like 20 years and I'm like, there's dates there. <laughs> I find myself wanting to look stuff up from the Book of Mormon the same way we did in the Bible, but it's a totally different beast. You can't. Yeah, there's not all these concordances. What's a concordance? A concordance is where you look up words from the Bible. Ah. And it'll show you every scripture reference where that word is used. And yeah. there's also commentaries of the Bible. Some of them are very old, so they're public domain. There's heaps and heaps of commentaries on the Bible, very well-known ones, where the whole Bible has been discussed in depth. And I went looking for something similar for the Book of Mormon because I found myself wanting to do that and they don't exist. There's one commentary I think I found, but you have to pay for it because it's so recent. Uh, I'm not going to buy that. Ebook. <laughs> if you look at the dates on here, First Nephi chapter 1 was about 600 BC and now we're at about 570 BC, so about 30 years. And how old was he before he left? Fucking old. But still having children. He never mentions age. But yeah, he had two children in the wilderness who he's just spoken to. So yeah, he's got a lot of kids and grandkids happening now. In 30 years too. Yeah. <laughs> and it came to pass that when my father had made an end of speaking unto them, behold, he spake unto the sons of Ishmael. Yea, even unto his household. And after he made an end of speaking unto them, he spake unto Sam. Oh, so he's not even going to say what he said to the house of Ishmael. No, we don't care about them. He's just like, yeah, he spoke to Ishmael and his kids too, but they're not important enough to mention what he said. Uh. And then he spake unto Sam, saying, Blessed art thou and thy seed, for thou shalt inherit the land like unto thy brother Nephi, and thy seed shall be numbered with his seed, and thou shalt be like unto a brother. Drink. Everyone drink at home. And thy seed. Shut up. (laughs) I'm barely talking here. And thou shalt be even like unto thy brother, and thy seed like unto his seed, and thou shalt be blessed in all of thy days. Okay. So he's kind of equated Sam with being a lot like Nephi. Is Nephi still around? Sam doesn't do much in these books. It just kind of always says that he was with Nephi. Oh. That's about it. He doesn't actually do anything on his own. That seems like a missed opportunity in the story. And it came to pass. (laughs) After my father Lehi had spoken unto all his household according to the feelings of his heart and the spirit of the Lord which was in him, he waxed old and it came to pass that he died and was buried. Yes! 
The factory is gone. <laughs> Finally, Lehi is dead. And then he called the daughters out. <laughs> And laid a blessing on them. <laughs> that was like the longest deathbed speech ever. Ding dong, Lehi's dead. <laughs> and it came to pass that not many days after his death, Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael were angry with me because of the admonitions of the Lord. As soon as their dad dies, they're back angry with Nephi again. Yeah, it doesn't take long. Sounds like he was a regulating influence. Basically, Lehi's big, long, epic deathbed speech didn't work. Oh. And Ashley, do you remember this part of the story? Is it all sort of crystal clear? Yeah, I remember the older two just wouldn't stop the bitching <laughs> and that Nephi was the golden son. And what I found really interesting is, you know, you've talked about how Joseph lost the book of Lehi, you know, the pages. And so all of a sudden we have the only record written by Nephi and even like the good son, Sam, he did a little bit of murmuring, but Nephi never murmured. And I was like, well, well, of course he's never going to say that he complained because it's written by him. So he was like, of course he was perfect. He's writing his own journal. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. Especially if he's chiseling it. Yeah. And that's not even touching the stuff that Joseph wrote it. Exactly. So, yeah, do kind of remember it. I remember asking my mum, wouldn't they be related? And I remember being told God would have protected them so that they genetically wouldn't be too messed up. I remember that story too. Yeah. It was okay to fuck your sisters and cousins back then without the deformities. That's right. There was an answer for everything, patience. <laughs> Whoa, what was that? Somebody's breaking COVID. That was a fast car. I just had a motorbike drive past. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was really loud. Sorry about your penis. <laughs> Clearly not circumcised. Yeah. And it came, hang on. 14, no, isn't it? Uh, See, I haven't been ticking them off. You're definitely on 14. There is not going to be an edit of patients jumping in saying, oh, we got the wrong verse. This is actually it, okay? You are definitely on 14. <laughs> That's valid. Yeah. For I, Nephi, was constrained to speak unto them according to his word. For I had spoken many things unto them. Oh, he just keeps talking and talking and it's all horseshit. He just won't shut the fuck up. And also my father, before his death, many of which sayings are written upon mine other plates. Oh, that's right. He's got some other plates that don't exist. Is that right? Oh, yeah, he hasn't mentioned them for a while. Is that the DNC or is that something different? No, no, the DNC is Joseph Smith. Oh, okay. I remember earlier he said he was making like two records. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. The ones with the history one of the like kings, the, the wars. Mm. One was like the spiritual stuff and the other was like the historical stuff. Yeah. And this lets Joseph just do whatever he wants with the story. That is great. On mine other plates. For a more history part, I've written upon mine other plates. There you go. <laughs> yeah. answer that question. For a more history part, that's not English. Were you guys really reading this and going, oh, that's great. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I Englished very good when I was younger. Oh, of course. And upon these, I write the things of my soul. Oh, he's such a soul man. Oh. He's a soul man. He's got such heart. He's such a sensitive man, but oh, strong as well and tall. Oh, just everything you want. According to his own words. Oh, 
oh, that's right. I bet he can cook too. Uh. And many of the scriptures, which are engraven upon the plates of brass, for my soul delighteth in the scriptures, and my heart pondereth them, and writeth them for the learning and the profit. Oh, so much profit! Of my children, the prophet of my church. How the fuck are you going to make a prophet? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's your go. Me? Yeah, go on, Ashley. (laughs) Behold, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord, and my heart pondereth continually upon the things which I have seen and heard. Nevertheless, notwithstanding the great goodness of the Lord, in showing me his great and marvellous works, my heart exclaimeth. O wrath, man that I am, yea, my heart sorroweth because of my flesh, my soul grieveth because of mine iniquities. Jesus Christ. I think think that was a scripture mastery scripture. Uh, I don't have it highlighted. (laughs) I remember that first because it was all like Nephi, the great, obedient, wonderful child. So you would highlight all of your scripture mastery verses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. You know, if Nephi, the wonderful, obedient, strong, awesome prophet could claim that he was weak and wretched and sinful, (laughs) then, you know, we could do the same. We're all pieces of shit compared to Nephi. Oh, we really are. Yeah. <laughs> you got one more verse, Ashley. I am encompassed about because of the temptations and the sins which do so easy beset me. And when I desire to rejoice, my heart groaneth because of my sins. Nevertheless, I know in whom I have trusted. I wonder what all these sins are that he's supposedly done. He doesn't have any sins. Yeah, suddenly he's like, I'm an evil, sinful person. I feel so bad about my sins. I think I know what his sins were. Being a douchebag? They're going to be explained in a very compassionate way in Sister Rhonda and mine's fan fiction. fiction. Yes. Oh, I'm looking forward to the fan fiction. <laughs> awesome. Anyway. Verse 20, my God hath been my support. He hath led me through mine afflictions in the wilderness, and he hath preserved me upon the waters of the great deep. Yes, we know this. He's just rehashing again and again and again. And those afflictions in the wilderness, he broke a bow. Oh, <laughs> such afflictions. Oh, he's so hey, hardly hey, done by. Hey, hey, you got to listen up. We're about to get hardcore evangelical shit here. Okay? Oh, hardcore, dear let, let me try to get my voice ready. Is it going to go full Mormon hub? He hath filled me with his love even unto the consuming of my flesh. What? That's what she said. Oh, does he mean he's being eaten out? Yeah. God's love is cannibalism, apparently. You know, cannibalism's come up before, hasn't it? It has. has. Yeah. Okay. He hath filled me with his love. Not gay. His hot, steamy love. (laughs) He hath confounded my enemies unto the causing of them to quake before me. Hang on. Nephi's enemies were Laban, who he killed, and then his brothers. So he's now saying his brothers are his enemies, but he loves them. 
logic. Because yeah. what other enemies would he have? It was only their family, were, like, travelling. <laughs> but weren't they getting picked on in Jerusalem? Isn't that where they left in the first place? No. Wasn't he getting bullied? Or did he just leave because God told him to leave? Yeah, they left because God told Lehi they should. Oh. He was scared they were going to get bullied. I don't think they were actually bullied. If Lehi had been on some antidepressants, it would have been all good. He wouldn't have had that anxiety. Just soul off that shit. That's right. If he'd been getting the psychological help he needed, we wouldn't have this goddamn book. Ah, fucking hell. All right, patience 23. Behold, he hath heard my cry by day, and he hath given me knowledge by visions. Oh, that's right. He's a visionary man. In the nighttime... Oh, we know what visions he was really seeing in the night time. And it wasn't hot women. I think he was dreaming of hot, steamy men. He was. It was all about seed and loins. Yeah, that was his sin that he's not mentioning. It was so shameful. He oh, left it out of his plates. That's he's not going to chisel that in the plates. He's too busy his chiseling himself. His sin was having gay thoughts. That's it. Because it doesn't mention any other sins that he supposedly committed until now. I think you're right. He was thinking too much about loins and seed and rods. And being filled with the spirit. Yes, and being consumed. Are you hearing this, Rhonda? Because it's your turn on the (laughs) fan fiction. He was totally gay. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why they left Jerusalem, because he was having gay thoughts and they didn't believe in that in the Old Testament. Yeah, Jerusalem was a homophobic city. Yeah. They didn't support marriage equality. (laughs) Wow. And by day have I waxed my whole body. No. Uh, Have I waxed bold in mighty prayer before him, semen colon. Yea, my voice have I sent up on high, and angels came down and ministered unto me. Gay orgy. (laughs) And upon the wings. Oh, he likes to take dates to very elaborate places. So romantic. He is. <sighs> and upon the wings of his spirit hath my body been carried away upon exceedingly high mountains, and mine eyes have beheld great things. <laughs> his partner's member. Yay. Yay. Even too great for man. Oh, therefore I was bitten, or is it Biden? <laughs> that I should not write them. Uh, so he's basically saying I had some really cool dreams but I can't tell you about them. That's right. Because they were homoerotic. That's it. That's exactly the correct mm. interpretation. Great things, yeah, even too great for man. <laughs> Verse 26. Oh, then. Oh, that was an orgasmic O. Oh. Big O. That's right. Do that again. Then, if I have seen so great things, if the Lord in his condescension unto the children of men hath visited men in so much mercy, oh, you know he's visited men, why should my heart weep and my soul linger in the valley of sorrow and my flesh waste away and my strength slacken (laughs) because of mine afflictions? All right, verse 27, Ashley. 
And why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? Yeah. Why should I give way to temptations that the evil one has placed in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul? Why am I angry because of mine enemy? Awaken my soul, no longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Do not anger again because of mine enemies. Do not slacken my strength because of mine afflictions. Oh. We have a whole lot of oohs coming up. Yeah. <laughs> he's building up to it because he's annoyed that he's drooping. Viagra helps with that. <laughs> he's slackened. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> His flesh is wasting away. He's just lost all turgidity. <laughs> he just oh. needs a good root. <laughs> he needs a good man. Yeah, that's the crux of the last three chapters. He just needs some good sex. And can he get a gay man? <laughs> well, clearly that's what he needs. <laughs> Rejoice, O oh my heart, and cry unto the Lord and say, O oh Lord, I will praise thee forever. Yea, yeah. my soul will rejoice in thee, my God, and the rock of my salvation. O Lord, wilt thou redeem my soul? Wilt thou deliver me out of the hands of mine enemies? Wilt thou make me that I may shake at the very appearance of sin? Okay. May the gates of hell be shut continually before me because that my heart is broken and my spirit is contrite. O Lord, wilt thou not shut the gates shut the gates. of thy righteousness before me <laughs> that I may walk in the path of the low valley that I may be strict in the plain road? Nephi's Australian. Shut the gates, blocker. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the gate. He's away. It's not the footy show, it's the Mormon show. <laughs> oh Lord, wilt thou encircle me around in the robe of thy righteousness? Oh Lord, wilt thou make a way for mine escape before mine enemies? Wilt thou make my path straight? Oh, he wants to be straight. He so desperately wants to be straight. Yeah, not working. Poor fellow, path straight before me. Wilt thou not place a stumbling block in my way, but that thou wouldst clear my way before me? And hedge not up my way. Oh my God, that sentence. But the ways of mine enemy. That's just such a convoluted way to say, please don't put stumbling blocks in my way. Yeah. Block my enemy instead. Why did yeah. he have to just say it in the most complicated way? Because he's Nephi. <laughs> Verse 34. Oh Lord, I have trusted in thee and I will trust in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh. In the arm of flesh. Most arms are. Yeah. Oh, he's saying that he's not going to trust in people. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. that, that's what he said. Only in God who's not flesh. For I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. And then he goes and says it again. So that's a saying apparently from 500 BC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paul's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. What? Maketh flesh his arm. What else is an arm meant to be made out of? I know. They didn't have robotic arms back then. It was all flesh. That doesn't make sense at all. I understood what he was saying before, but putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. That doesn't make sense. Just pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 
patience. Go and pray about it after the recording, right? <laughs> sure. You're not being faithful enough if you're questioning it. <laughs> my arm is like so fleshy. Like that? <laughs> you see my arm? It's like so flesh, man. Is it like moving pretty colours? Brother Paul's tripping yeah. on the <laughs> Got the good stuff. Hand it over, man. <laughs> All right, we're nearly there. One more bit. Okay. Yeah! I know that God yeah. will give liberally to him that asketh. Yeah! yeah. My God yeah. will give me <laughs> if I ask not amiss. Therefore, I will lift up my voice unto thee. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> I will cry unto thee, my God, the rock of my righteousness. Behold, my voice shall forever ascend up unto thee, my rock and mine everlasting God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sister Ashley, when you were in seminary, did anyone ever stop in the group and raise questions about things? And did they get answers or was that just a no-no? Well, my mum was a seminary teacher for the first two years of my seminary. and Did you feel rebellious? I used to ask a lot of questions, but if it got down to it, it would be a, you just need to pray about it. Really? Don't ask questions. Yeah, like when things didn't make sense, it was always you need to just go pray about it. You'll find the answer one day. Yeah, it'll make sense eventually. Oh, my God. If it wasn't for things like seminary and Sunday school telling us what it's meant to me, Mm. when you read it without that, it makes no sense. It's like, you know, the picture books, you know, that used to come in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was like comic book versions of the Book of Mormon. Yeah, so like that made it easy to understand what was going on. But they were cool because they didn't cover bullshit like this. They just covered the story. Yeah. So they were far more exciting and short. Joseph Smith should have done the comic book first. Yeah. Should have. <laughs> yeah. And then the Book of Mormon is like the fan analysis of the comic book. That would have made more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's totally what it is. The content-free commentary of the comic version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Explaining frame by frame the background behind the comic. Yeah. It had lots of pictures and stuff. So you kind of knew what each of the chapters meant. Made it easier. Yeah. Because if you read it without that, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight. (laughs) Yes. I think I need to have a good lie down. Sounds like it. Yep. Anybody have anything to add? Yeah, I was going to ask our sister Ashley if she had any closing words, anything that was pointed that maybe she wished she could have said to her in Mormonism self now that she's out of it. For me, like when I got out, there's a lot of guilt that comes along with it and it takes a long time to get used to it. So, And I used to ask a lot of questions which used to get me into trouble a lot with young women's leaders and stuff to the point where I used to just stop going to young women's and I'd sneak into the young men's room. They let you do that? The young men's president used to let me sit in there because otherwise I wasn't going to come to church. I think they thought that was the less of two evils. (laughs) So so just don't beat yourself up. Wow. Oh, yeah. That sounds really progressive that they would let you do that. Was that like a no-no usually? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was only a few times when I really just couldn't sit through young women's because I was just too disruptive. Like I'd ask too many questions or point too much out. So it sounds like you weren't asking the questions in seminary, you were asking the questions in, in young women's. I did ask in seminary as well, but at six o'clock in the morning, you don't really have a lot to say. <laughs> Other than why the hell am I out of bed right now? (laughs) Like I wasn't exactly with it in seminary. (laughs) But no, I had to go there too. 
don't really have much more to add. <laughs> it's nice that your story is not a horrible story. It's just like, hey, my parents were Mormons. They still are. Most of the kids aren't. We still talk. It's okay. Uh, they're not happy about it, but that's life. That's families. Yeah, it's only my parents and my brother. So the rest of us are all out of it by now. So It's pretty normal for kids to believe something different to their parents, regardless of what it is. So you're doing life right, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, it takes a while, though. <laughs> It does. It takes a while to break free, doesn't it? Whatever it is. I want to break free. Nephi wants to break free. (laughs) I want to break free. Well, thank you, Sister Ashley, for joining us. Great to have you on board. Thanks for having me. Thank you to all of our other Patreons and listeners. Thank you to Codrill Cold and Flu for making me very out there this evening. I'll be in a new house next week and hopefully in better health, sounding a little bit more human. <laughs> but until next week, thank you for listening and in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. amen.